I think Jack's doing a thing here and I don't want to derail it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Booted Sisters. I'm Sarah, and I'll be joined by my sister, Rachel. And in today's episode, we welcome another one of our siblings as a guest. So please enjoy our episode with our brother, Jack. He is our youngest brother and the seventh of the eight kids in our family. And it was a total blast to have him on. We chat a lot about some things growing up and things about kind of our age difference and the different eras we grew up in and... We talk about his visit to Colorado, and I will not spoil the entire episode by rambling on about everything we talk about, Uh, but you won't want to miss this, so please enjoy the episode, and as always, check out our Instagram for some photos to go along with your listening. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Hey. Good. All right. So we've got Jack here. We'll do an intro about it. So we don't need to like, I don't know, set the scene too, too much, Jack, but um, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank uh, this you. is our brother, Jack. Uh, he's the youngest brother in the family. <laughs> yeah. Anything to say for yourself to kick it off, Jack? Uh, nothing really. Just excited to be here. Excited to get into some of the, the content. Get it. <laughs> So Jack, you are our third sibling guest to have on. So John's episode, which I think you said you listened to some of, was our latest sibling guest episode. We've had a couple of guests. Um, and yeah, we really like the sibling ones because it's kind of just like a fun conversation between the three of us. Like, you know, we'll we'll see what we talk about. Um, Sam was our first, I think, as people will remember. So yeah, I think to get started, we'll ask you a question we've asked all of the, or we intend to ask all of the sibling guests. Um, So Rachel and I are the booted sisters. That's the title of the podcast. That's Mm -hmm. who we are. Um, So do you consider yourself to be a booted sister or to be booted? Mm, I would say no to booted sister and maybe to booted. I think it. Uh, I, I know it's a nebulous kind of. Everyone's got their own idea of it. I would say no, and like fifty percent. What's the What's the fifty percent? Why would you say that? Uh, I I would say I've you know at times I'm very outgoing, and then I uh, I've also especially like when I was younger in the context that you guys kind of came up with the booted stuff for. I would say I kind of booted myself a little bit. Uh, just you know, kind of introverted when I was younger. That's an interesting take because like right off the bat, I mean, I, I agree that you're an introverted person, but I wouldn't, I never had an interpretation of you like booting yourself out of at least the sibling dynamics. Like to me, you seem very involved. Um, and maybe that's just more of like my perception of our relationship, but like, I would agree that you're an introverted person, but I think we all are to an extent in our family. Um, and as far as like the isolating, rebooting yourself, I, I don't know that I saw that. So it's interesting that right off the bat, there's like a little bit of a you know dissonance between what you perceive and what I perceive. Yeah. That's yeah. also a funny, a funny direction. Cause when we asked John this, he had a similar answer as far as like being booted as a kid, but that was more like us booting him, but you using the <laughs> self booting in that way is pretty yeah, interesting. Exiled. <laughs> I would just say, um, not so much like self-booting, I guess, but more just like never, never not being receptive to being involved in stuff, but not always being the one to initiate it more so. And I definitely didn't mean to just like shut you down. Like I, that was truly like a, like, oh, interesting. I am interested in the fact that we have different perspectives on it. So your perspective is totally valid. I just, I, I'm already like curious as to, you know, more along those lines of, of, of why you felt like you were um, weren't the initiator or weren't the one including yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I think Rachel, I think we could get a lot into this. Like I'm excited to talk about this with Jack because with John's episode, we got into the whole thing of like, there being kind of the older four and the younger four, but since John Mm. was closer in age to you and I, I think we had a little bit more overlap with growing up together, but Jack is one of the, uh, definitely the core members of the younger four group. I would say. (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, Jack, do you have any initial thoughts on the, just kind of that dynamic, the sibling dynamic, the, I think you usually use the term upper crust. <laughs> I co-opted term. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just like an environmental thing, I guess. Like, you know, you guys all had experiences that me and Sam and Becca and John mostly wouldn't have really had, like, you know, I don't remember living anywhere other than the house that we lived in for the longest time at least, you know, for like me and Sam and a lot of stories that you guys tell, it's interesting to, for us to have heard, but it's more so like, I feel like I'm, I'm hearing about something and, and I didn't experience it. So I think it makes it a little bit more of just like a de facto, not anything that anyone would choose, but more just like, you know, you guys are older. So by virtue of that, you're going to have experiences that I wasn't alive for. Yeah. Yeah, Jack, we moved in. So we moved into the house our parents currently live in, in when you were two. You were like yeah. a little over two. I I just remember like, Rachel, remember how cute he was? <laughs> like, I mean, we could talk about that forever. And I know you don't like, yeah. probably wouldn't want to hear us <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> the, the pod a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but like, it was just, Jack, you were cute from every phase. But like when you were that age, I like remember being so excited when we were moving into that house. I remember being excited to like walk around the house with you and like watch you experience it. <laughs> so it's funny because like, of course you wouldn't have memories from before that, but like, a core memory for me is like watching you go through a transition that you don't even remember. Yeah. Probably like mesmerized by stairs. <laughs> in the bathroom. It's the most exciting thing I've ever seen. Um, we have, there's like a lazy Susan, you know, in the corner in the kitchen. And I remember like, that wasn't something we had had in the last house, or at least for some reason it was exciting when it was in the new house. And I remember like eyeing it when I first saw it, like when we were moving in and I was like, that looks like it would be like Jack's height. Like, could Jack walk through it? <laughs> like, I remember thinking you were trying to kind of push you in there. Yeah. Just to see what happened. <laughs> yeah. But you were, you were too tall. But then I was like, Sam could fit. Cause she was a literal newborn, but I'm like, but she can't walk <laughs> And what she's not going to come back with a report of what it's like in there. So it's not going to be useful. <laughs> There's nothing to gain from it. Yeah. You and Sam were fun because like we were old enough to really appreciate how little you guys were. So you were like movable, interactive dolls that we could just like put into whatever scenario we came up with which, you know, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on how much of that you remember, how annoying it was to like have us insist on dressing you and <laughs> or <laughs> even like, <laughs> yeah, the most of the stuff, like the examples we give are probably when you're too young to remember, but um, like, what do you remember? And like, I guess, like, we don't know what it's like to have siblings this much older than us. Um, so I'd be curious, like what that felt like for you when you were little. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely kind of weird. Like, because you don't really think about when you're that young, you can't really conceptualize, I guess, like how not strange, I guess, but how interesting of a situation it would be to have someone who's like not a parent, not an adult necessarily, but significantly enough older than you that they're at a different point in their life. So they just know stuff that you don't know. Like, I don't know, I guess when I was younger, I used to think that Sam was so much younger than me. And now I, I literally sometimes feel like she's older than me. Like she's a lot more mature <laughs> than I think like I am at least at most stages she has been. So like, I guess I don't know what it's like to be on the opposite end, but as far as having siblings that are that much older, when I was younger would mostly just be always having like a directive, like not really needing to think for myself in some situations, it, not in a bad way, but more so just like, I didn't have to be the one calling the shots. I could just be like a a participant, kind of like what I was saying earlier, like I, I was always receptive to anything that was going on and excited to be a part of it. But I never had to really be the one to be like, oh, let's do this or do that. I was more just like, oh, let's see what everyone else is up to. Or I'm going to go see what, you know, Sarah or Joe or Rachel or Josh or John, whoever, what they're up to. Like I could always just kind of like tag into something rather than having to make plans or be like, hey, can I be involved in this? I could just kind of be like, all right, I'm here. Let's do this. Whatever's going on. That's such a good description because there, they, there's something so special about like one of my favorite things when I think of any time that most or all of us have been home, whether that's for a couple of days or for like, you know, whatever eras there were where there were lots of us living at home, you can just be bored and then just leave the room and go into a different room and find something going on. Like that's not something, you know, like me living alone, like I can't make that happen in that same way anymore. I'd have to leave my house. 
Or even like when I had roommates, it's not quite the same as like, not only can you leave the room and find something going on, but you might have two, three, four options. Yeah. I've actually thought about that a lot since I've like, I've moved out for college and stuff. I was like, man, it's weird just being somewhere where there's not like endless sources of entertainment, drama, whatever. Like (laughs) uh, I I have to make my own stuff. Like I got to choose to do stuff or, you know, figure out like I can't just leave a room and have my entire day or whatever change. Yeah, Jack, you're reminding me that um, I think we've mentioned this specifically about you before, but one thing you may or may not know about the podcast is that we're kind of an eavesdropping podcast. We love to talk about eavesdropping. We credit Sam a lot with how good she is, but I think we've explicitly credited you before for how good you are at eavesdropping too. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, Sam's the master. I, I, I don't know <laughs> the candle. Like I've eavesdropped, but Sam is like, I don't know. I'm like a, a good uh, varsity high school player. Sam's like Michael Jordan. <laughs> do you feel like you've been like, do you still eavesdrop as much um, as you've gotten older and like in college and stuff versus when you were just at home listening in on conversations? Uh, maybe not so much. I guess it just depends on the setting because sometimes I don't really care. And then sometimes I'm so bored like at work and I have nothing better to do. So eavesdropping is just like, what else are you going to do? Like it's <laughs> yeah. the only way to entertain yourself in some settings. So I would say like to an extent, I still eavesdrop, but not, not as much. Any good stories recently from work or other places? At work, it's usually boring stuff. It's, it, it's usually just people talking about stuff that I like, even when I'm trying to entertain myself, it's like self-defeating because I'm like, oh man, they're talking. This is a group of people. Let's see what they got going on. And then they're just like, oh, did you turn in that paper? Yeah. Or like, oh, are you going to that party? Yeah. It's like, I'm just supposed to be entertained here. (laughs) Yeah. I think Sam would be the first to say it really is. You got to dig for gold and you got to dig through a lot to get there. Okay. The other thing that we talked about with John, um, Jack, I think you said you had listened to this one, the Christmas episode of this podcast, we talked about, like, we kind of went down the line and talked about each sibling. Did you listen to that? Yeah, I listened to that one. Did you have a reaction to what we said about you? Because it's like, it's weird to just hear yourself described in a couple words, like the way that your siblings might talk about you behind your back, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, it was definitely cool to hear how you guys described everyone. I'm trying to remember exactly what you said now, because I listened to it when it came out. I actually, I just re-listened earlier because I didn't remember either. And I wanted to be able to ask you this question. So I can read it off to you right now. Um, we said Jackson college, he's the youngest brother, Rachel and I were obsessed with him when he was little. He's really cool. He's really smart. And that he, we started talking about how you and Joe and John have a friend group. Oh yeah. Okay. I remember that part. Yeah. No notes. Uh, I am awesome. I am no, I'm joking. I would say, yeah, no, I mean, it was definitely very flattering and it's also like kind of that, that healthy level of narcissism that everyone has where it's like, Oh, they're talking about me. Like got to tune in a little <laughs> bit, you know, like per- ears perk up. Like when, when people talk about you, you like to, you like to hear it a little bit, but um, I think it was, you know, I don't have a very good way to describe myself. Like I jobs or in classes or whatever, they're always like, Oh, describe yourself in three words. And I'm always just like, I, I do not know. Like, I, so I think it's it's useful for me to hear what other people conceptualize me as, whether I agree with it or not. I at least like to know what, I guess, how other people perceive me. Yeah. And we said this to John too, but it really was like just kind of an honest off the cuff since we didn't prep for it at all. We just kind of started saying it. So I would say that's pretty much exactly how I do describe you when I like do that rundown with friends, you know, naturally in real life. Um, but do you feel like you have that for, for all of your siblings to like, do you feel like you have something when you explain us to people or do you even explain us to people? I remember in high school, people saying that it was <laughs> when you were in high school that you kind of kept it on the DL that you had so many yeah, siblings. I, I did. I, uh, not like out of any kind of like malicious, uh, or anything. I just like, it was easier because, you know, when Becca was in high school and John was in high school, a lot of their friends, their circles still had people that you guys would have somehow been connected to, like younger siblings or got coached by the same person, whatever. But like by the time I was in high school, since most people don't have as many siblings as we do, that age spread started to shrink. So like there weren't as many people that could directly connect me to my siblings. So in a way, it was kind of nice to not necessarily have to explain any kind of backstory, but be able to volunteer it rather than have to like react if that makes sense and it was kind of fun to just drop a bomb on people be like oh yeah (laughs) uh, one of my sisters said that they're like oh how many siblings do you have a seven 
Like, I don't know. There's something really funny about being able to do that, like being able to control that fact and then drop it whenever I want to like shock someone. So back to the way we described you, we talked about the friend group with John and uh, Joe. And a lot of that came during the pandemic. Something that Sarah and I kind of frequently mention is how we're we're pretty illiterate with social media in, in general um, and like a little bit antagonistic towards it. But I would say you are the, the most unplugged um, and off the grid of the siblings. So it's interesting to see that like gaming has been kind of like your social media. And it seemed like, especially during the pandemic, that was like your main connection to the world. Um, so I was curious about your thoughts on like gaming versus other social media, like why um, you're drawn to that and, and, you know, what you get from that and how it helps you form connections. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I do like go out to other places or whatever, like uh, I've, I've had a Twitter presence, that sort of thing, but like, I really do not go on social media that much. Like there's certain ones I've just never even touched at all, but yeah, like I, I've always gamed a lot. Like even when I was a lot younger, like in elementary, middle school, I would, play games with friends online like friends certain friends that were really hard to see just regularly so I I guess it wasn't even so much like a totally new thing but more like I didn't play nearly as much as I as I ended up playing during the pandemic it was just nice because you know it's a way to work together on something for you're playing a game with people where it's like you don't have to actually be invested in it you know you're not working on like a group project or like at a job or something but you are still engaged in something actively together it's like more engaging than watching a movie but less engaging than, you know, say having to do homework or be at a job or something like that. So I think it's just adds a special element of like, you don't normally see people in their like problem solving or strategizing elements when you're just chatting or just hanging out, but you kind of see a, a little taste of that, not like a, to a degree that really matters, but like, you know, it's a slightly different. So I think it just kept it fresh. Like you can still have regular conversations and just talk about whatever small talk, but then you're also like, Oh, how should we like figure this out? Or, you know, where should we go? What should we do? Like, I think it just keeps like the same conversations that I enjoy having with my friends just keeps it a little more fresh and a little bit more like kinetic. Nice. Yeah. And I guess that's, it's more than just like, you know, scrolling through pictures and judging people and like whatever more curated presentation other social media platforms have, like you're saying it's interactive. um, And it's, it's still like engaging with your friends rather than just like peeking in getting a little taste and moving on without actually having an interaction. Yeah, it's it's definitely a lot more active. I think the biggest, one of the biggest downfalls with it is it can just get a little bit repetitive. Like, you know, if you play the same games or, you know, I don't think any of me or any of my friends have this problem, but people can get a little too into it, like caring too much about winning and losing it. At that point, it's just like, all right, I'm, I'm not going to play this. Like, let's just do something else. Let's play something else. I, there, there are certain games with certain people that I refuse to play because I have one friend and he always beats me at a uh, certain like fighting games. And he's like, Oh, do you want to play this? I'm like, no, let's play something together. Let's play a co-op game. I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to go against you. And it's like, I've gotten to the point where I know I'm too big of a sore loser at those types of games that I've just like, look, I value our friendship. I'm not going to play this with you. Let's please play something where we're on the same team. Andrew Bernard does not lose. <laughs> exactly. It's like I, for most games, I'm so chill and like, I don't care about winning or losing. I really do just do it to have fun and like, you know, be on with people. But for some reason, when it's like one-on-one games, it, 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 it like activates that kind of competitive side. So I just <laughs> avoid playing them because I don't like being competitive, really. That sounds like me with playing Settlers of Catan with Josh. He just like perfected it. And I was like, this is not fun at all anymore. <laughs> we have to find It's exactly else. like that. <laughs> it felt the exact same. I, I think it's funny that you mentioned it because I'm now like identifying with like playing board games, especially with Joe and Josh, <laughs> you know, years ago. Like it's the same feeling, just a different medium. Um, okay. Another topic I wanted to bring up, Jack, since this is kind of like a travel related podcast, um, we don't necessarily always have to talk about travel, but um, I want to talk about it with you because Rachel and I like clearly love travel, but you have historically talked about how you don't like travel. So I'm curious to hear like what your current stance is and like a little bit of why. Yeah, I think um, a lot of it just comes down to the agency of like, since I'm just now getting into like young adulthood, I can choose when and where to travel much more so than, you know, in years past. So 
when you're a kid and, you know, if you're fortunate enough to be able to go on like a trip and be able to do all this stuff, you would think, oh, that's awesome. But, you know, kids are very nearsighted and ungrateful and can't really look at things through the whole picture. You're For me, at least, I would just, I would obviously enjoy any time that we travel anywhere, but I would also sometimes be like, I miss being able to do what I want to do, you know, be in my room, do it, not even to like a, about like the ungrateful thing, but also just a level of like, I'm very comfortable at home. And sometimes even now when I, things that I choose to do or places I choose to go, I still do miss a little bit of the agency of being at home and being able to, you know, kind of choose your own routine. But I think also that is just uh, part of it is just needing to get out of your comfort zone. Cause I think that's why most people enjoy traveling or one of the main reasons is people like getting out of their comfort zones. And I think that's just something that I haven't always seen the positive side of when it comes to traveling, not for any particular reason, more so just again, because I do value comfort and being at in my own element. But I think it's more fun now that I can have a little bit more choice and I'm an adult so I can actually appreciate like, you know, going somewhere. It can be an ex- like a learning experience. Like it, it's not always just about any one thing in particular. It can just be a fun experience for a lot of different reasons. I think we touched on this with Sam a little bit, but one of the, the really interesting and maybe unfair things about older four versus younger four is that like, I for one definitely forget how much younger you guys are sometimes. And it's like, oh yeah, of course they should like be traveling just as often as I am and like have all this agency when it's like, when I was your age, obviously I was closer to the situation you're in now, right? Like it just, it feels like you should be farther along. Like you're not allowed to age at the pace that we did because now it's like, all right, hurry up. Come on, match, match. Yeah, we're bored. We're waiting for you. (laughs) And I think that's maybe a little bit with why I see Sam as like, basically when I was younger, being kind of a crappy, like kid, I would be like, oh, she's younger than me. That's my younger sister. I'm so old. You know, I'm 10, (laughs) I'm 12. She's only eight or 10 or whatever. But like now, so I feel a little bit similar. I, I, I obviously a much shorter age gap, but I'm just like, oh yeah, Sam's, you know, an adult, you know, she's it, but the same, same age as me. Right. But it's like, wait. Yeah. I think that's happening more and more. So as we get older too, because we can all just kind of hang and we really are all adults, but yeah, there's a big difference. I, I wasn't, I hadn't left the country yet when I was your age, Jack. And I just don't remember thinking about it in that way though. I guess I just remember being like hungry for travel even when I was that age. So even to put it in perspective, it's just like interesting that you've specifically talked about not really liking travel that much in the past, but yeah, I see what you mean by like all the comfort stuff and agency stuff for sure. Um, one of the trips you've taken recently was that you visited me in Colorado and it was almost already a year ago. Yeah. That's wild to think about. Because I, I get like the memories on Snapchat sometimes. And for some <laughs> reason, the algorithm, I guess, just to keep you locked in, will just show you random ones, even though it yeah. used to just be ones on the anniversary. So I've gotten even a few in the last few months from that trip. But yeah, that was like April of last year. And that was one. That's the furthest from home I think I've ever been. <gasps> oh, I don't think I, I don't, realized that. That's so special. I'm, I don't know if our our family trip was further, oh, but I don't it definitely isn't, but that is funny yeah. how crazy the map is that Maine the different from Virginia is like yeah. pretty far. It's definitely not as far, but it's farther than I ever think it is. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. And those were both last year. That was a big U.S. Yeah. travel year for us as a family. Yeah, last year I did quite a bit of traveling and going to Colorado was pretty awesome just because it had it was so far. And I, I, that was when I was really starting to come off of like just assuming I would never enjoy traveling. And doing something that was a much, I would say, lower intensity trip as one of the first trips that I kind of got to, you know, plan and go more on my own terms as an adult. Um, It was really nice because that's when I started to be like, okay, maybe it doesn't always have to just be about like sticking to an agenda or doing things like the quote unquote right or wrong way. Like you can just go to have fun or experience something new, whatever. Yeah. And for the listeners and I think Rachel, um, Jack, visited. I just don't know what you know about this trip, uh, but just for the context, Jack and Josh both visited me together for almost a week. Right. I think it was right. Yeah. It was a like week. a week. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good point, Jack, that it like, it's almost less dramatic in a way because of the, like the agenda wasn't super tight. I mean, I, Josh and I, well, yeah, Josh and I were literally working most of the days. Yeah. Um, and we had my 
my apartment as a home base, which like, obviously I'm used to and comfortable here. So I do think it probably had a more relaxed energy than traveling typically does. So I hadn't like thought about how that kind of helps ease into like, oh, traveling doesn't have to be the most like stressful or over the top, like planned out thing ever, just because like you were visiting somebody, which makes it a little bit different. But Rach, do you know anything about this trip? Have we told you any like highlights? We could do like a little mini debrief. Um, I know that Rocky Mountain was much snowier. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. for one of Josh's paintings. That's the most, that's, I think the thing that I know the most is that you guys went out there and that it was like, you were basically walking through pretty thick snow. Um, and it looked very different when you went with them versus when you went with me in September. Yeah, that was a hard one for me to help prep them for because it was April and I hadn't experienced April in Colorado yet. And like Denver was generally nice-ish weather, but it was like very on and off, like super cold, super warm. So when I was talking to them about packing, I was like, I don't really know, but if we go up into the Rocky Mountains, it will be colder, but like, I still don't really know exactly what to expect. So Jack, do you remember how like weird that was? Yeah. Cause we had gotten like sunburned like the day before in Denver. <laughs> Not- My like skin was peeling. <laughs> it was so hot. Like it was a hot day and we got, we all got totally sunburned because we spent all day outside. And then the next day we were in the full on blizzard. Yeah. That mountains. was such whiplash. Cause yeah. Cause it was so much nicer than I expected, like, cause you told me a little bit about the weather when I was packing and like getting ready, but like, you know, having not been that far West, I was just assuming, and that high up in the mountains, I was assuming like, oh, it's just going to be like freezing or whatever, but it was like in the sixties, I think, and higher some of the days. Um, it was like, it felt like spring or, or summer here, but yeah, it was like whiplash to go from that to like driving up this mountain and the snow, like the totally frozen, like I was, I was like worried at first walking on the frozen water, but I was like, okay, I think I'm just assuming that because it's well into spring, like I've just have that kind of like association of stuff is going to start to melt and stuff, but it's just, I guess it's just different on the mountains. <laughs> yeah. We like fully walked out onto the lake. Rachel saw the lake in the summer, Jack. So you guys have very different images, but it's the same. It was bare lake. And, um, we walked out onto it and like, what was unique about when we were there, Jack, is I think that there weren't that many people. Um, and there weren't that many people who had, were, had already, like, we were kind of trailblazing. Like there weren't a yeah. lot of people already walking on the lake. I had been like two or three other times that winter. And every time I had been so many people were walking on the lake. It was like abundantly clear that it's safe to walk on the lake. Um, like maybe depending on what time of the season it was, there might've been like some sections and certain corners that had like started to melt a little bit. But like, I remember telling you and Josh, like, yes, we could definitely walk out onto the lake. Don't worry. And you guys were like a little bit nervous. And I was like, I think it's like three feet of solid ice. Which is definitely not true, but I think I remember traumatizing it a little bit because there is a lot of solid ice. It was totally safe, but um, yeah, it's like a weird thing to be sure about when you don't already see a bunch of people ahead. Yeah, I I hadn't thought about that because there weren't that many people. I think we crossed paths with quite a few people, but on the lake, there was only like two or three other groups while we were there. Yeah. Um, Okay. Any other highlights you remember from the trip that you, uh, that we should fill Rachel in on? I have a couple, but I'm curious. Um, Definitely seeing how many dogs are in Denver. I didn't know that it was such a dog centric city. I think I saw a dog on like every street corner and that was just really cool. Cause I've started to like dogs a lot more. Like when I was younger, I'm sure you guys remember, I was like terrified, terrified of dogs, like probably bordering on an actual phobia. But as I got older, I went to friends houses where they had dogs and I was like, okay, this is fine. Like the dog's not going to you know do anything. So it was really nice to kind of catch up on, on, lost years like seeing just a crap ton of dogs and like being able to like talk to people be like oh can I pet your dog like that part was really fun and kind of directly connected to that the uh I can't remember what it's called but the parks specifically the one that you live near really cool like just being able to go and walk around there like I don't know Denver is just a very scenic city like I don't love the skyscraper aesthetic that a lot of cities have I think it's cool but I don't think it's always fun to look at I like that Denver is a lot more kind of all over the place with what you can see there uh, I remember Jack, you being you, like one of the days Josh and I were working, you were like, okay, I'm going to go for a walk in the park. And I, I hope to pet three dogs or something. Like I remember you saying a goal. <laughs> I forgot about that, but no, I, I remember it now. I, I didn't even remember that before you brought it up, but yeah, like I was just really <laughs> excited. Cause I don't know people like I, we saw that one, uh, puppy at the, that yeah. bizarre, what yeah, was it? We went Not to a bizarre, a, but that like, um, flea market. market. Yeah, yeah. Flea market. 
that there was like a puppy and i was like i was very very happy it was like a husky it was really cool to pet a husky because so you don't see as many yeah. of them out of here yeah yeah i love that you like i can't it's funny like i've had several people visit me and um I'm decently good at like trying to sense what people will be interested in doing if somebody's visiting me for a weekend or a week and like kind of coming up with some form of an agenda that's catered to those people. I've done a lot of the same things with people, but like, I, I like that. I think you're my only guest who has been like, so into the dog thing. Like some people I'll mention, I'm like, Denver really is a dog city and people will just be like, every city's a dog city. But I, I love that you appreciate it as much as I do, because I've become like so much more interested in dogs since being here. Cause they're just all over. And I just, I mean, I live near parks and I'm going there. So like, that's certainly part of it, but they really are <laughs> all over the place um and it's just like so fun made so many dog friends (laughs) yeah I feel like unless you seriously had actual issues with dogs there would like it'd be impossible to be around as many dogs are in that are in that city and not start to at least become more of a dog person because like we never had dogs growing up and I don't think any of us were specifically not dog people but we were never dog people either yeah but like I could only imagine liking dogs more living in a city like that even if you didn't have a dog even if you were a cat person like I don't know you just can't see that many and not be more like excited by it I think (laughs) yeah for sure well, two other things about that trip that I wanted to mention is, um, Rachel, I've, we probably told you about this, that we visited the Stanley Hotel. We went on a tour there. So that was a highlight for me, for sure. <laughs> um, and then, Jack, the other thing that we, we we don't need to get, I think you and I could probably talk about this for a long time, so we'll keep it limited. But Jack was not working. Josh and I were working. Oh, well, Jack was in school. You had a little bit to do. But Jack had more free time than the rest of us. Um, and so he was just like camped out uh watching YouTube a good chunk of the downtime when Josh and I would be working. <laughs> and to be fair, I don't want to put Josh on blast, but I will mention that Josh joins in a bit more than, you know, I he might have been a little less busy than I was. So a good chunk of that visit was like Josh and Jack, mostly Jack, just kind of like being in the living room watching TV, but mostly specifically watching uh, YouTube. It's it's called On Cinema at the Cinema, right, Jack? <laughs> yeah. On and, Cinema at the Cinema? Can you yeah, just give a like really, a quick, it's yeah, like to our listeners. Really useful, okay, I'm a, you know, I, I like movies. It's just a really useful movie review show. Like they give you good advice on what movies to watch. And like you get, I think, an honest, good opinion. Sarah, you're laughing. I'm laughing because just I don't want to. I think Jack's doing a thing here, and I don't want to derail it. No, it's it's the the whole show is like it's it's like a parody of Siskel and Ebert. So like the first episode, you watch it, and you're like, okay, they're just reviewing movies. But like it becomes pretty apparent that they're just like totally off the rails. Both very very eccentric, strange people, and they tape the episodes months before any of the movies that they talk about. So the whole premise of the show is essentially just like, what if two very strange guys talked about movies without having actually seen them and they mostly just make it about their personal lives and personal drama (laughs) it's really funny (laughs) so I would just like Jack had gotten you had already gotten into that channel a bit before visiting me so you had been like binging it recently and then you just binged it and so I was just getting so hooked I would just kind of you know be in during a break after a meeting or something just wander into the living room see what was on or like in the evenings (laughs) Uh, yeah, it was really funny. We also watched The Shining before we visited the Stanley Hotel. Um, yeah. And we all thought that The Shining was filmed at the Stanley Hotel until we were starting our tour of the hotel. Not when we arrived and saw the hotel, which is when we should have realized that it was a different place. But when we started the tour, the first question they asked is they said, everyone knows that The Shining wasn't filmed here, right? And we didn't. We, everyone like yeah of course everyone knows that right everyone said yes we just like joined in and I was like pointing to the side like yeah but this jerk doesn't know we know this isn't, this isn't the one right guys so that was really funny that was certainly like I knew gener- I knew that there was a connection and when we watched the movie because I'd seen the Stanley from farther away and when we watched the movie I was like I've got to say it doesn't really look like it, but I haven't seen it from the inside. And maybe they just filmed the exterior somewhere else, or maybe they've just painted it or something. <laughs> but yeah, it looks really different. But that I was such a so fun tour. Stupid. Not for not knowing that, because you know, that's pretty kind of an obscure fact. But the fact that 
We watched the movie. It drove up yeah. to this place. And I was like, oh, that's the same building. <laughs> All three of us were just accepting it too. Like it wasn't just one person feeling stupid. Yeah, All like, three of us were like, we're here. We're where they filmed it. Like, let's go on our tour. <laughs> I just turned my ability to recognize differences in buildings off for that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a little bit of group think probably. But I'll ask Josh about it too. We have him on about how he felt in that moment. But yeah, it was really fun visit. It was great to have. I think having two siblings visit at a time is a decent dynamic when it works. Rachel visited me solo, but Becca and Sam visited me together one time. That was fun. So it's, I, my current mindset is that when I have other people visiting me, like friends, I would have a little bit more of a limit, like maybe one or depending on who it is too, or like we stay somewhere else or whatever. But with siblings, I'm kind of like, eh, if we could squeeze, like at one point we were trying to do all the sisters visit at once and I would have been perfectly willing to do that. So <laughs> someone's um, sleeping on the kitchen table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not that much space. Yeah. What was fun about that too, is just that Jack and Josh visiting at once is just like, not like the most classic dynamic. Like it's just funny being in a big family how we can just do kind of different combos of people Side it's like a sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was actually I was just thinking about it it was really cool actually because I had been spending a lot of time with Josh and Jonathan last year especially in like the first half of the year so I had already visited them at that point either two yeah two times for a cumulative like four weeks to three or four weeks of the year and I left Philly to basically come home do laundry, pack, and then get on a plane to Denver. So Josh and I had already been spending a lot of time together. So that was another reason that that trip was really nice because it was almost like a progressive, like a spending time in Philly, which I've been to before, not that far from home, only a few hours, like a drive. And then going with Josh, who I'd already been spending a bunch of time with, like the trip really did not feel as dramatic. And I think that's part of why I had a really good time because it was like, obviously visiting family people already know and part of like the fact that we were able to kind of just chill and watch a lot of movies and like youtube and stuff was another thing that was fun because again it wasn't like feeling like there was necessarily an agenda or like oh i i have to go see this or i have to do that i was like i'll just do whatever you know sarah brings up because you know the area and whatever the group decides like i'm cool with whatever yeah i think I guess my point in the like sitcom style, different mess arounds and whatever is more that it's just like fun how you can create somebody different and that we're close enough that we can do that. Not that it's like that crazy to envision you and Josh hanging out exactly, but it is funny that it lined up with like you guys having just spent a lot of time together and like being in like an era of kind of getting closer. Yeah, definitely. All right. Anything else before, Rachel, we have a segment that we're going to get into with Jack, but anything else that you want to talk about, Jack? Any other questions, Rachel, for him? I've got one last quick one. Um, we haven't really been good about it in the last few years, but pretty much since I moved out to go to college, we've been pen pals on and off, which A, we should probably get back into it or at least, you know, once or twice a year. Um, but B, I guess this is kind of going along with the anti-social media thing. Do you write letters um, routinely anymore? Or do you have any thoughts on like old fashioned letter writing? I do not. I actually, there was only like two people I ever really wrote letters to. One of them being you by like a lot. And then another friend who lived in the same town. Like we didn't have to write letters, but we just did a few times just like to be fun. But no, I mean, I don't really like... I'm just kind of off the grid in general in the sense that like I'm kind of bad at communicating with people. So it's not even just a, like a, a, you know, I prefer one method over the other. I'm just a bit forgetful or not always great at it. Cool. Yeah. I'll try to remember to write a letter, but no promises. Okay. Um. So Jack, this segment that we did with John and Rachel and I have like, it kind of came up naturally in one episode and we've kind of done some form of it uh, in other episodes. We call it now uh, Mr. Memories. <laughs> So it's a situation where everybody in the room, so in this episode, it would be all three of us were in the situation, whether there were more or less people, we'll find out. Um, but all three of us were there and like, we're going to kind of see how our memories of that situation compare. So it started with Rachel and I rehashing something that like we remembered differently. And it was just like kind of fun to try to get to the truth. So I think Rachel has an idea for the scenario. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll test this out, see if A, we were all there, and B, if there's any meat to it. Um, but Jack, do you remember falling through the bleachers at a high school football game? 
I yes, knew, that... okay, I actually knew you might bring this one up, but this is the only reason I would hesitate to do something like this is because he was really young, but let's hear what he has to say. Sorry, Jack. No, you're good. I definitely remember that. It must have been what, like Joe's sophomore, maybe junior year of high school. He was like yeah. pretty young. So I must have been like, what, four, three or four, something yeah. like that. <laughs> I No, I remember that, though. I remember pretty much the whole family being there. Maybe not everyone, but a good majority, like maybe missing one or two people. And it was like our nighttime. It was probably like a summer, like later in the summer, August or September. And yeah, I remember falling through and thinking it was a really long fall and like feeling like based off of everyone's reactions that it had to have been really dramatic because I was like, okay, everyone's kind of freaking out. So this is probably a big deal. (laughs) And I was like scared a little bit, but also I was like, I think I was just like confused. Like I didn't really know. I I hadn't done anything like that before. So I didn't know how to gauge the situation. (laughs) (laughs) I remember a very nice um, lady helping pull me out somebody that I think was a stranger she was probably like younger than mom and dad but still like a parent to someone there and I remember her helping like grab me you know and I don't remember who it was or if I ever saw them again did time like slow down like a (laughs) type like (laughs) yeah it was like a I think it was like I fell and I was like I mean, again, I could be fabricating like 90% of this, but I think like the fall was sudden. And then I was just like, okay, this is weird. I don't know how to react. And I'm kind of scared, but also basing this off of like everyone else. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> remember like you were like there and then you weren't like, it was, it was pretty quick. <laughs> like <laughs> what I was going to say is I'm not sure if anyone ha- of us has like that objective of a memory of it. Like, do you remember more facts about it, Rachel? Cause I'll, I, my, my memory is pretty hazy of it too. I feel like he was at the very top of the bleachers (laughs) (laughs) all the way down. No, we weren't near the top. Um, we were, we were closer to the bottom than we were the top, um, maybe midpoint, but it wasn't, it wasn't like an, Oh my gosh, he might be really hurt distance. It was more just like a logistic problem because (laughs) they had like the fence around it. So it wasn't as simple as like come down and, you know, come behind the bleachers and like walk him back. It was like someone was going to have to go under the bleachers, someone who was able to get under it and then also climb back out. Um, So that was like the the most shocking thing about it. Like, I think initially mom especially was like a little concerned that you may have gotten hurt in the fall, but it wasn't at a height where you were like, oh my God, he's, he's definitely really hurt. It was more just like, he's in there. How do we get him out? <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Like I remember it being far, but somehow also not far enough that someone was able to. And I'm just now wondering why I thought this because it doesn't physically make sense. But I remember someone being able to like reach through the bleachers and grab me. But I think that's just how I think I that is my what what maybe happened. I think uh, it was a combination. At least the way I remember it, there there was a nice man who hopped down. <laughs> Um, to help hoist you um, <laughs> and then uh, I think I think maybe the lady you're remembering helped like pull you um, okay yeah I'm like pretty that certain, makes sense yeah I'm pretty certain you got kind of fished through like yeah. I don't think okay yeah it was, it was I definitely remembered someone pulling me through it was just kind of hard because we were young enough that like the best we could do was make sure no one else fell down. Like we couldn't really help <laughs> poor mom. It was just like someone hold Sam. So He's a lost cause. All we can do is make sure no one else falls. But like I couldn't, I wasn't really physically able to like go down and help. I don't, I don't remember Josh being there, but if he was, it was probably like a similar situation where like we weren't gonna be able to help solve it. Mom was just kind of like, oh, what do we do? You know, like, like just trying to find a way forward. And then like- just try I, better with all the rest of the kids. <laughs> yeah. Don't lose another. <laughs> yeah, so it was, um, it was, I don't think, I, we knew you were scared and that was what was scaring people. Um, it sounds like us, be, us, us being scared is what scared him. So it's just a circle of everybody <laughs> making each other each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think anybody, like, especially like initially, maybe we were a little concerned about like, whether you physically got hurt, but then it was just like, this is scary. And like, how do we access him <laughs> and retrieve him? Uh, but a couple of, of nice, physically capable individuals helped us uh, 
get you and return you to the, the pack of children. And we didn't lose anybody else. So, you know, success. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> oh, man, that's really funny. I'm trying to think of if I remember any other details, but clearly I'm not the, <laughs> the best memory in this story either. But an important note is that I feel like it caused some trauma for years. Like I remember freaking out in all future bleacher situations. I think it was very difficult for um, the little kids, especially to go to any, any games. Yeah. Not sit at the very bottom. Yeah. Like I would say mom probably still thinks about, well, obviously she still thinks about it. She definitely remembers it, but she probably still thinks about it. And we probably should have started with the, he was physically okay thing, but I think Jack's description was pretty solid. <laughs> Yeah, I actually remember more so, again, kind of just based off the reactions, I think being more worried about it after than before. Not like, I didn't think about it a lot, but more like, oh, wow, that was probably a big deal. Like when I got out, like, man, that glad I got out of that. But like, I think in the middle, I was just very confused. Yeah. Um, do you remember why, like, or how he felt? Does anyone remember how he felt? No, I probably was doing something stupid or something. I don't know. I don't think... <laughs> I don't think I dropped anything, but maybe. No, I remember it all being really quick. Like maybe. Yeah. I don't remember it being like a like, you know, you were messing around or like half of you was there and then you like lost your your grip or anything like that. It was like you were you were literally there and then you weren't. Like it just yeah. happened quickly. Yeah, because honestly, I, w- I was a pretty cautious kid, so I probably wouldn't have honestly been doing anything that I could have conceived as being dangerous. But I, I really don't remember how it happened. Yeah, I think that's part of what made it even scarier and why we were scared of bleachers for a while or like still so weird around bleachers is because like uh, it wasn't like an obvious, oh, if Jack hadn't been acting so wild and wiggly or whatever, like I feel like you wouldn't have done that. You probably would have already been scared to fall through. The bleachers <laughs> can take anybody. <laughs> oh, man. OK, Um. well, that was funny i wish that story wasn't so funny but it is funny hearing you just yeah I mean, because especially because I, I never got like i didn't even have a scratch on me like it yeah, is funny, funny now though the uh newer it movie from a few years ago that there's a part in it where a kid goes under the bleachers and it does not end well i'm just glad that i had not that movie was not out when i was a kid <laughs> or i had not seen it that would have really freaked me out <laughs> I'm glad you, you have such a memory of it. You were pretty little. So like Sarah was saying, I wasn't sure how much you were going to like have, but that was, that was pretty good. Yeah, it's got to be one of my earliest ones. Now that you guys reminded me of it, I think it is probably in like my top five or 10 earliest memories that I can actually remember with any detail. That's funny. Um, Jack, do you have any questions for us? I, I think one of the things we asked John was like, since I know you haven't listened to like all of the podcast, Jack, but like the little bit that you have, like what's the, what's it been like the experience of like listening to your sisters be on, like have a podcast or in your listening, have you ever kind of had any thoughts enter your mind where it's like, oh, you wish we would have talked about this or something like that? It's kind of funny. I feel like, especially when I listen to the, um, the one with John, like when I listened to the first half of that one, it, it, it almost feels like I'm just like eavesdropping on an actual conversation which I know sounds mm-hmm. a little cheesy, but like, that's actually kind of just because I know your guys' voices so well, like, it's not like listening to a podcast. It, it's more so just like, almost like I'm just muted on a phone call. So I don't know, I guess I'm never really thinking about it. Like when I've heard the episodes, I'm not really thinking about it in any way other than just like, I'll just, you know, see what they're talking about, which I guess is a little funny because you don't really get that experience with most podcasts because you don't usually know the people who are making them. But, you know, it's mostly just been like ways for me to just kind of be able to relax like while I'm doing something else or whatever it's just like a very different kind of experience so I don't know I guess I've never really thought like about editorializing or like thought about necessarily like oh you know you, you're forgetting that or like you know like <laughs> thinking about anything that I thought you guys should have said yeah that's funny because because for John he kind of he said a similar thing of like it feels like we're all in a conversation which is how podcasts in general can feel but just like amped up when it's people you already do generally talk to but that's funny that you say it's like being on mute but it's almost like you don't feel the need to unmute yeah exactly it's like I can just listen and you know I don't have to be a participant but I can still get content I can still eavesdrop (laughs) yeah maybe that's where um it shines that you're eavesdropping default like Sam (laughs) is is really there. John doesn't quite have that. 
Um, okay. Sorry. Just real quick, because we have a couple of minutes and this is something I'd like to talk about with you, Jack. So Rach, I think something that's like almost come up several times when we talk about our family dynamic, but we've never gotten super deep into is the Gen Z millennial split. Um, <laughs> I think Jack already knows why I want to talk about it with him because he has a specific theory, <laughs> but I, personally, I believe our family is like, could be a case study in, in where our ages lie of like how the exact spectrum of millennial to Gen Z, like the older yeah. ones definitely lean millennial and the younger ones definitely lean Gen Z with a few cartoon characters in between. <laughs> um, but Jack, do you want to, can you talk about, I think you already know what I'm specifically going to prompt. The, uh, the theory, the chip theory. <laughs> yeah, um, chip theory. So I, I came up with a theory like a couple of years ago that Millennials like Cool Ranch Doritos and uh, Gen Z prefer nacho cheese Doritos. And in a very small size of like asking people, only like, you know, between like a dozen and 20, it mostly held true. I kind of just ignored when it didn't. So <laughs> it's not very scientific, but there was something there because I'm pretty sure. Well, I'll just ask you guys, which do you prefer? I know you guys probably don't eat a lot of Doritos. <laughs> Um, I definitely prefer Cool Ranch. I, you asked yep. me this without the background oh, yeah, yeah. the first time. I forgot. I, yeah. I, I don't remember if I asked Rachel, though. I'm really not a big Doritos person, um, <laughs> unless it's in the form of a Taco Bell taco. Uh, <laughs> I hmm, I don't know. My instinct is to say nacho cheese, but then as I'm like envisioning their taste, I think I like Cool Ranch better. I ne- I'd need to do a blind test and see which one I like. I just like better, but I, I'm going to go with Cool Ranch. I wish we yeah. had asked Jack before we told her the theory behind it. I totally loaded that up wrong because I think she would have said Cool Ranch confidently without all the context because it's not about like, oh, taste test wise, which do you prefer? But like, which do you gravitate towards? Which do you talk about? If you were to, if somebody said buy a bag of, or uh, who's going to assign you to buy a bag of Doritos? I don't know. But if for some <laughs> reason you were buying a bag of Doritos, like, which would you buy? Like, I feel like if I had to answer on your behalf, I really feel like it would be Cool Ranch. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess, like, I don't know when they came out, but there has to be something to do with There was. I remember marketing. them being exciting for us for a bit, so I think that's part of it. <laughs> Future Sarah here with a fact that I find to be shocking. Cool Ranch Doritos have been around since 1986, so I definitely did not see them get invented in my lifetime, and I am not sure what that is about. Yeah, Jack, I bring this up a lot. I always credit you, but I bring this up a lot. And it does, I do feel like it generally rings true. Sometimes people just have weird answers where they're like, oh no, I like the like sweet chili best or something like that. And I'm like, that's not yeah, the that, point. That's the worst outlier yeah. that I've encountered. It's always people are like, oh, I don't like either. I like the chili or whatever flavor. It's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> not really. Exactly. So anyway, um, listeners write in, <laughs> which do you prefer? And does it ring? Are, are you Gen Z versus millennial? And it's interesting, I guess, for us like cuspers, it's like, could that put us over the edge? Like if I really swore I love nacho cheese, would that make me look more like Gen Z? Who knows? I think that's actually the case with John. I want to <laughs> say that he, his favorite is nacho cheese. And I think that was enough for me to determine he's Gen Z, even though he's like, <laughs> I think he's like the exact, I don't remember the years. Yeah. He and I are both, he's 97, I'm 96. And we're both, I think it's pretty accepted that 96 is millennial definitively, but then 97 is for sure. Cusper it's, it's kind of hard. I'm not positive. I would say he's Gen Z, but yeah, I don't know. I have the Dorito knowledge now, yeah, so it's he, hard he to does. step away. Steve Buscemi walking in, eating nacho cheese Doritos saying, hello, fellow youths. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah we can't let this spread too far <laughs> okay cool well thank you for sharing that jack i'm excited um for more people to know about the chip theory yeah i gotta get it gotta get it out there i gotta get published <laughs> yeah you should do a little bit deeper research on it before we get there but uh, sounds good okay well cool thank you so much for joining us jack it was really fun to hang out any last Questions, comments from anybody? I'm trying to think of a good, like, uh, interesting question because I, I haven't really talked to you guys that much about the podcast. Like, I've heard you guys talk about it to other people, but I've never really asked you anything specific. But I feel like maybe this is a dumb one. But, like, has has uh, recording a podcast changed anything about how you talk to people, how you listen? Or, like, do you find yourself talking more how you talk on the podcast in real life or vice versa? Like, uh, anything like that? That's a, that's not a dumb question at all. That's a really good question. Um, do you want to go first, Rach? You want me to? I'll go. 
some of what we've, we've already mentioned on the pod and, and something that Sarah and I talk a lot about is that like, we kind of hold shots throughout the week sometimes, like, <laughs> you know, like there, there are moments when we might normally like text each other something, but we're like, now we kind of like save it to talk about it on air. Um, so that's been kind of fun. Um, but I would say in general, one of our main goals for the podcast was just to stay in touch more. And that has certainly happened for me and Sarah. One of the nice, um, other side effects, which we were hoping for, but wasn't like a main thing was like to, to stay connected to you all, like the rest of our friends and family. And, um, that's been my favorite part about it is that like, it has made conversations more consistent um that haven't been as consistent in the past few years with my experience living in Japan some of it with with people that I would kind of periodically talk to but not a lot and then some with people that I really haven't talked to much the past few years so I've been really grateful to have this connection to others so I would say like one of my surprises is like when we first started talking about doing a podcast I pictured trying to make it a little more generic and a little more like any other podcast, you know, as though like the audience was anybody. Um, but it's re- been really fun to kind of tailor it to like, we know that our friends and family are listening. Um, and so I think that's a little bit unexpected, but um, been very nice. That's cool. Like you guys have got to be one of the only podcasts that like, aren't worried about trying to make it big or like, you know, to get super famous off of it, like you're just doing it for your own reasons. So I feel like that'd be really cool, like to have a a documented way to keep in touch with people. I don't think that's like, that sounds very unique. Not not something most people would be able to do. Yeah. It's really interesting. I would pretty much echo everything Rachel said. Um, and it's interesting because it was specifically a goal of ours. And I've been like impressed with us for really kind of keeping that like vision the same. Like we've been really consistent with that, but it has been surprising that it's panned out as it has. Like it was a goal for us to be able to kind of keep people updated in an efficient way as like, I I know that sounds kind of with like emotion removed and stuff. Like it sounds a little bit academic, but it's true. It's like, yeah, let's go ahead and like keep everybody updated at once. Like you're not going to have weekly phone calls with everyone, you know, and now there's a chance for everyone to listen if they want to on a weekly phone call. Basically one surprising thing is that sometimes I don't want to like repeat myself. And so if I like want to tell somebody about something that like I covered in the podcast, it's like weird. I'll be like, sorry, like, do you listen to my podcast? Like, it doesn't matter if you do or not. It's totally fine. But I just like, don't want to like repeat myself. So that'll be really weird. Cause it's like, some people have context, but not everybody. So, I mean, it's pretty easy to know who listens and who doesn't. And we definitely aren't, I mean, we don't have to act like we're talking to the people who don't listen right now, the people listening or the listeners, but, um, it's not like it's something we like hold over people's heads or feel like, oh, you're good. If you listen and you're bad, if you don't or anything like that, but it is really nice. And weird at the same time when people are all caught up, like I'll call mom. And I just like, feel like I don't have that much to say because she knows all the updates. And sometimes that feels weird where I'm like, wow, it's like the person I'm on the phone with feels like we had a conversation this week when we didn't. So it's like, I'm like missing the other end of it. Like sometimes it feels a little sad, but then I realize the positive spin is that like, no, we just like, don't have to like we can go deeper. We, we don't have to just cover the basics. Like we, you know, we both like did some homework to come into this conversation and now we could talk even more knowing the context they already have. So in general, it's like actually really good for other conversations when people are like up to date, but it's like, can be a little bit of a weird dynamic of like knowing who knows what, if they have listened or not listened. Um, and then just like feeling like, I don't know. I think most people consider it kind of how you talked about Jack, where it just feels like you're, it's a phone call that you're listening in on. Cause that really is what it is. But I don't know if like to some people we're like becoming more famous to them, if that makes sense. I don't know how that is. It does. Yeah. Like just really by the very fact that you're yeah. being documented and that they're listening in the car, like John said or whatever, like, <laughs> but yeah, that's a good question. Thank you. <laughs> that That's cool though. Like, it seems like it's kind of funny that we talked about social media earlier, but I was just thinking about it when you guys were describing it. It seems like almost like a like an opposite of like an Instagram post or something where it's like you're giving people a view into your lives, but you're not necessarily tailoring it. You're just kind of doing it and letting people, you know, listen or not or letting it you be context like it, I'm, I don't care to demonize social media or anything like it is what it is. I don't think everyone's always lying on there. But I think from what I've heard, you know, Instagram, that sort of thing, you kind of have a little bit more of an agenda when you're posting on there. Like 
I got to make this trip look like it was awesome and nothing bad happened, or I got to make it look like this or that. Like, but I feel like this would be a bit more of a full and accurate way to keep people up to date and not necessarily worried about like, how am I coming across? Is this looking like it was the coolest thing ever or whatever? Like you can actually, like you said, talk to people and like Rachel said, stay in touch. And it's not so much a fabricated version. Yeah. It would be really boring if we like Paul, like if we only, if we did an Instagram version, like if I was like, I went to Charlotte, Rachel, what a dream, <laughs> like nothing else to say, like, you know, like that's, it's truly the opposite of like a podcast format where it's like, if I said just like a boring, like quick positive thing about a trip, like somebody might on Instagram, it would be like the worst podcast ever. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it takes two seconds to look at an Instagram post and obviously a podcast a lot longer, but it's like, at least it's worth doing again. I don't have anything against social media, but it's like, you know, you're getting something, you're at least learning something. And I feel like that would be very interesting. I've not really spent a lot of time, like, you know, reflecting on stuff or always keeping people super up to date with what's going on in my life. So I think it would be interesting to be in your guys' shoes where you're doing it very on a scheduled way to each other, but also to anyone that cares to, to keep up to date as well. I think that would just be an interesting ex- personal experience in and of itself, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Awesome. Well, thanks for the question, Jack. Thanks for your time. I know you've got to go, so we can wrap this up, but, um, yeah, thank you for joining. Thanks for being our third sibling guest and yeah, have a great week. Thank you. Yeah. This was fun. Yeah. Thanks for coming. All right. Bye. See ya. So I guess the jury, the jury is still out, but most yeah. likely not. Sarah, you don't have any memory of it. I don't want to have this conversation again. Cause it was really heated when we talked about this on our family vacation. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to relitigate. <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, I think the point of what you're trying to make is that there may be a reason Jack had some dog trauma and I think we have to close it. At, we're not sure <laughs> too many conflicting opinions. <laughs>